Awesome. I love that last song. I don't think I've heard that one. Ashley picked that one out. It was good. Well, ladies, um, if you have not, you can sit down. Sorry. <laughs> if you've never met Ashley Martinez, well, you need to meet her because she's super sweet. Um, just makes you feel like you've known her your whole life. And she's just very, very fun, too. So um, would you guys mind... Maybe I will make you stand up again. But I want you all to give Ashley like a really hurrah. We're so excited to have you tonight. And this is her first first time getting up to speak in front of us. But I know she's ministered to our kids a lot in the back. So thank you, girl. I'm so excited. <laughs> Are you on? Do you need me to turn you on? Okay, You're good? Okay. All right. Can you guys hear me? We good? Okay. Hi. How's it going? I just have to say I feel very blessed to have you guys here because you knew we were talking about money and you came. So yay. Good for you guys. Because not everybody, when they start talking about money in your church, you're like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to keep listening. But this is going to be good. I promise. And it's going to be a message that I just hope touches you and changes you because my experiences in life with money have changed me. So let me pray for us real quick and then we'll get going. Bow your heads. Awesome, Father. We just thank you so much for today, Lord. We just thank you that on heavy weeks in our country, Lord, that we can come in here and it feels like home and it feels calm and it feels joyful and we can be at peace, Father. Lord, we just pray for our nation. We pray for peace and unity. God, we pray for our hearts tonight. We pray that they be open to hear the words that you have for us, God. I pray that the message that you have for these ladies just come through me, Father. Just take over, Lord. God, I pray that something sticks tonight and helps these women. In your name, amen. All right, so thank you guys again for coming. I wanted to give you a little bit of background on myself. My name is Ashley, and I am originally from Dallas, Texas, and moved here about 10 years ago. <laughs> Love it. Um, my journey, I'll give you a little bit of my journey, but more of my husband and I's journey. I grew up in a Christian home, and I'm very thankful to say that I've known the Lord most of my life. I knew his words. I knew my Bible, I knew his promises. I'm thankful that I always had that to stand on. I'm sure there were years in college where I didn't always live up to what was in there, but I knew it, and I could always turn back to it, so I'm very thankful for that. Um, so I moved up here from Texas. I was a teacher down there and then moved up here and was a teacher up here as well, along with a couple sales jobs along the way. And a couple years after I moved up here, I met my husband, and we got married less than a year later, yes. Um, and we just, we just knew. It was easy and quick. By the third date, I was like, you're sticking. <laughs> well, this is, I got this one. And so we met, and then we bought a little place in Windsor. And a year after we had kind of been newlyweds and went through that season, we were like, man, we can make some money on this place and get a house. And we knew we wanted a house. We wanted a dog. We wanted a yard. We love to be outside. That's like our thing. So we're like, we need a house. So we sold our place and moved into our home. And a month later, we got a puppy. And a month after that, we found out we were pregnant with baby number one. 
And so um, that was just, our journey's been very bam, bam, bam. And I love change, so it's good for me. My husband's not so big on change. So it's been an adjustment for him, but now he's, he's gotten used to me and the way I roll, so it works out good. But so I'm going to share a little bit of our journey since we've been married because it will help you understand my finances later as we get into this. So we had Cooper, who is now four and a half. You've probably seen him running wild around here. Um, and I started staying home when we had him. And then four months later, we were like, man, we really need to make some extra dollars because living on one income in Colorado is pricey and it's hard. And so I started selling clothes for LuLaRoe. We were lucky to be able to get into that. It ended up being really, really huge blessing for us. So the very next year, circle back, Coop turns one and I'm like, you need to figure something out because we need to do something different. You have so much, you could be up here, babe, and you're just working this job that you're not real happy at. And so he decided to start a home inspection company. And the way we came to the home inspection company was it was a low startup cost. And we like that. We like poor boying things. There's never any shame in poor boying things. That's how we started our businesses, always. Um, We've run all our businesses debt-free over the years. We've had three businesses in the past probably four years. So he started the home inspection company. And he is good. He's good. Um, So we started that. And God is crazy because the week before we started that, and I'll talk about this here later too, um, we were in a good, we were in a pretty good position, you guys. Like we weren't like making bank and putting tons away, but thankfully I was able to cover all the bills and we were going to comfortably move into him starting a business. It was going to be good. So we had decided to go down to Texas, of where I'm from, and do a little LuLaRoe road trip. Do some parties down there and hit some different people. And so the week before that, we were hit with, we had an old pickup truck. It looked really nice, but it had a lot of issues. I think we put as much money into that truck as we paid for that truck. And so the truck had a couple thousand dollars worth of issues. And we couldn't sweep it to the side or wait because we needed that truck to go to Texas and make more money. And so that happened. We had a $5,000 emergency vet bill. And we had one more expense. I had probably an appliance. We've replaced all the appliances in our house in a short five years. It's been great. So we had all these expenses pile up. And then we go on this trip, and we get back. And while we were on that trip, we both just kind of felt God, like, stirring in us a little bit. And we were like, man, we kind of think we're pregnant. And we both kind of thought it, but we didn't say it. So we get back, and we are on day one, Monday, of him not having a full-time job, and we find out we're pregnant with baby number two. (laughs) Yeah, so it was very stressful. It was very stressful. There were a lot of tears, a lot of how are we going to do this. With Cooper, I was really sick, like got home from work, melted on the couch, puked all day long, and so in his mind, he's like, how are we going to make it if she's the one bringing in most of the income right now, right? when she's like gets really sick when she's pregnant. <laughs> That's scary. So thankfully I wasn't as sick with her. We made it through and God is so good because about a week before I went into the hospital to have her, his business picked up. And while I was in the hospital with her, he had jobs that he had to go do. So God is so good and he always provides. So fast forward a couple months and I couldn't get that cranked back up the way I did before I had her, and I'm like, no, this is not good. We got to jump ship. So I started up my own clothing boutique, nothing fancy, ran it out of my house. We had a website. It was a lot of fun. Um, 
And so we have just been on a crazy journey. And it's nothing like life-shattering, but it's been a lot packed in a short amount of years. And I want you to hear some of that because I want you to understand what I've been through financially and how I hope that it can help you and be a part of your story. So I'm going to share a little story with you about my husband and Christmas time. So back in December, I like stories if you can't tell. Back in December, he's not a big shopper. He's not a big spender. Okay, I'm the shopper. And I keep it in control, but I like to shop. I'm from Dallas. It's what we do. And so back in December, we weren't going to do any gifts because we're trying to buy land right now. We're saving money. And I had been telling him, I'm like, we're kind of getting into a place. We bought some things that are not so quality over the years. And I'm like, we need quality over whatever. So I was like, I really want some Ugg boots. I haven't bought snow boots in 10 years. And I live here in Colorado. My last pair of boots I bought was from Target in like 2010. And so I was like, I need, I want some Ugg boots. Like I don't usually splurge like that. I want some Ugg boots. So we weren't going to do Christmas gifts. And he found out I got him a little something. And so he, we're driving around one day and he's like, let's go get you some boots for Christmas. And I was like, say what? I never like, who are you? And what have you done with my husband? So I was like, okay, there's a Nordstrom rack. Let's go. So we pull in, they have like no Ugg boots for sale. So I'm kind of bummed, but we're walking through the sales section and I love a good deal. So I see this cute pair that looks like Uggs and I'm like, oh, let me try them on. So I put them on. I'm like, yeah, they're cute. And they're 35 bucks, 35 bucks. Let's do it. I'll be happy with these. They're great. So I get home. I wear them over the next week. And what I realized is we bought a six and a half and I wear a six. So they're kind of big. I don't like big socks. I'm a thin sock girl. And so they're a little big. They're cute. They turn down, but they don't cover these jeans. And I live in these jeans. Okay. So there's some other things. I got a little heel. I'm chasing little kids. I don't want to heel. And I realized one day I was in the shower thinking about my boots and this talk. And I'm like, I... I settled. I completely settled. He wanted to buy me Ugg boots, you guys. And I realized he's like, you're going to sound like a spoiled brat. But it never happens. I don't get Ugg boots on the regular. So I'm like, he wanted to buy me Ugg boots. And I settled for $35 off brand. And what I realized was so many times we do that. We do that in our faith. We do that in our life. We do that in our relationships. We settle for the off-brand faith and finances, relationships, when this is what God has for us, you guys. He wants you to have name brand. He wants you to have like the best of the best. It's a good fit. It covers all your bases. It meets all your needs. That's what's ahead of you, okay? So I tell you that because we're talking about provision tonight, And the provision that God has for you is up here. All right? So if you'll throw that provision definition up for me. So provision is the act or process of providing. A measure taken beforehand to deal with a need. The provision is not handed to you after the circumstances in place. The provision is given to you here so you can handle what happens over here. And it might not always come in money. It might not always come in what you think it's going to come in. But there's a provision there, okay? Uh, A stock of needed materials or supplies. You're going to have the things that you need to get through the next season. He already knows. You don't know, but he knows, okay? So it comes from the Latin word providere. Providere, hopefully I'm saying that right. I know no Latin. 
It means to see ahead, to see ahead. And isn't that what God does for us? He sees ahead. He says, daughter, I know what you're about to walk through. Joyful, sad, whatever. And here's what you're going to need. And I'm just going to lay it in your lap for you, for you to take and soak up. Um, He knows what's coming around the corner and down the road. And he gives us what we need ahead of time to handle all the different situations in our life. When I think of provision, I don't just think of financial provision. I think of a good girlfriend that you're going to need to get through that tough stage as a new mom. Or somebody who's been through loss because you're going to have a loss. He's going to give you those relationships that you need. He's going to give you the support system or the job or whatever it may look like. But he is a God that provides. And he doesn't just provide down here. He provides up here for all of you. And even on the days when you don't see it, it's because you aren't meant to see it yet. You aren't meant to see what this thing is going to provide for you later. So just soak it up and understand that that provision needs to be in your life. Okay? So the Bible is very clear on a couple topics surrounding money. Don't tense up. We got this. Okay? First, it's important that you handle it well. Money and finance are mentioned in the Bible a lot of times. We all know there's misinformation on the internet. So I found anywhere from 800 to 2,000 to it's the second most talk, top, talked about topic in the Bible. I'm going to guess it falls somewhere in there. Okay? So it's talked about a lot. We're women. We know that when we're talking to girlfriends or talking to our husband or whatever, we talk about the things that are important to us or what's strong on our heart. Okay? When God put this book here for you, Here's your little instructional guide, y'all. This, guys, it has a lot of stuff about money in it and wisdom, and we have to listen to that. We can't just say, this is uncomfortable, so I'm going to push it to the side, or I don't want to talk about that, or I'm not where I need to be, so I don't want to go there. There's a lot of stuff in here about that, and that means it's important to God, and we all want to please God and do what's important to him. Second, stay out of debt. Stay out of debt. And this is where it gets tense, so don't tense up. Proverbs 22, 7 says, The rich will rule over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. I don't know about you guys. I'm from Texas. I don't want to be ruled over by anybody. (laughs) We are all in here strong, independent women, strong families. I guarantee you a lot of you have a ton of amazing husbands at home. You are not meant to be ruled over. Okay, the borrower is slave to the lender. And I know God didn't create you to be a slave because he didn't create me to be a slave. We have chains hanging on us when we don't live financially well that bind us down and they hold us back from where he wants us to go. And we put those chains on ourselves, you guys. Ain't nobody put those chains on us. You have to own up to the things that are not how they should be so you can get to the better. Okay, everybody good? We were not, okay, we got that. We were not created to be slaves. I want to add, before we move on, I did a lot of research for this. In verse 6, right before it talks about that, 
What it says is, start, we're in Proverbs, right? A lot of wisdom. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Man, we quote that thing all day long, don't we? We got to be wise. We got to teach our children discipline. We need to pass that on. Why? So they can stay out of debt and not be a slave, right? He said, teach your children, you guys. Teach your children the way they should go. Do not take them in debt. Do not put that on them. Be prepared so they can have a better life than you did. All right. Sorry. Finding my notes. Got to bring myself back. All right. Um, Our world today normalizes debt. Everyone's got it. No one's worried about it. Everybody's got a car payment. Everybody's got student loans. But we aren't everybody. If there's one thing I've learned from the past year and the past week, it's that I am not of this world. God has a better place for us. He's got a kingdom for us. We are not meant to live as the world lives. We are not meant to live in the chains that the world lives in. We are meant to live with joy and in the financial provision that our Father has for us and with blessings here and blessings in heaven. We're not meant to live as the world lives. All right. In Luke 14, 28, Jesus says, do we have that one? Yep. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. We're trying to buy land right now. In fact, we're kind of crazy. We sold our house, and we don't know what we're doing. So we're really trying to buy land. (laughs) Um, But we're making sure we have a plan because we don't want to go buy land and not have the money for a house. And we don't want to go get to step three, but we can't make it to step five. Because then we don't have a plan for our kids, you guys. And then we don't get to live in the fullness that God has for us. Because we didn't have a plan. What this is telling you is you need a budget, girlfriend. You need a budget. You need a plan for your money. You need a place your money should go. You need to be thoughtful. It takes thought. Okay? When I was finding this verse, because it's a verse I know very well because I'm into the financial thing. I was looking at the stuff surrounding it. And what this verse comes in the middle of is a parable of Jesus talking to his disciples, saying, this is how clearly you need to know you want to become a disciple. You need to know that you want to leave everything, your family, your house, your job, might not be there when you get back. You are going to leave all your earthly possessions and follow me. And God uses this, our finances, as an example. That's a pretty weighty thing, if you ask me. Pretty important. Okay, so you need a budget. All right, I'm going to take this another step further. We're going to do a little activity, if y'all want to pass those out. Um, I feel like for a long time, God has been really putting on my heart to teach on this stuff. And it's just a lot of work, quite frankly, so I haven't done it yet. (laughs) But I'm like, I got all this stuff up here. I'm just not so good with all the graphics. I'm not real techie. I don't like to sit at a computer. I'm really active. Um, 
But I know that what I'm supposed to be doing is calling women to a higher calling when it comes to their finances and their households. I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it, but we're going to start with this activity. So (laughs) grab a pencil. Raise your hand if you don't have a sheet yet. Okay, some on this side. I know, I know. So what's on that sheet? You only need the front side at first is Proverbs 31. And you're like, Ash, I got Proverbs 31. I've been here. I know this one. You can't pull anything that I haven't seen before. Okay. When you get your papers, I want you to take that little pencil you got. And on the top of your paper, I want you to write this phrase. Thank you, guys. All right, everybody good? Raise your hand, anybody? Okay. On the top of your paper, I want you to write the phrase, when it comes to money. When it comes to money. I have a lot of thoughts on this, so I'm going to try to read fast because I want to make sure we get to all the things I got for you guys. So we're going to read through this, but we're not going to read through this like the way we've always read through this. We're going to read through this, and we're going to think about when it comes to money, am I doing these things? Nobody's looking at your paper. I'm not judging you. Nobody's judging you. He's not judging you. He says, girl, I've got all the grace in the world for you. Because maybe you didn't know. Maybe you didn't know. So put a little check mark next to the things you do well, a little X next to the things you want to work on, or just leave it blank, whatever you want to do. A wife of noble character, and real quick, If you are not a wife yet, hopefully you will be one day, and you want to be the best wife possible. When I was single, and I was lonely, and I was like, I just want to be married because I'm from Texas, and everybody gets married at 22, and I'm not. (laughs) That's what you do when you're in Texas, and then you're 24, and you're like, I'm getting real old. The clock is ticking. (laughs) I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. So... Y'all are going to get real up, like we're getting real up close and personal. But when I was going through that season, I would sit there and I would pray over the type of wife I wanted to be because I always believed I was going to attract the kind of spouse that I was going to be. You need to be the woman that you want to find in a man. Like, man, what would a great, great godly husband who actually helps me with dishes and the kids want in me? And go be that, okay? So this is not just for wives. A wife of noble character who can find, she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her when it comes to money. She's not out at Target blowing 300 bucks every week, you guys. And lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, when it comes to money. All the days of her life. She selects wool and flax. Man, she picks out some good garments to make for her kids and for her community. And works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. That tells me that girl was a meal planner. If there were meal planners back in the Bible, this one. She gets up while it is still night. She provides for her family and portions for her female servants. 
One thing I have come to learn in this particular season of life is that your value is not just in your house. Your value is in your community and how you pour into the younger women and the older women and the other moms and the other kids and the kids who don't have a solid home. Your value is just not inside your house. So the things you are doing are not just for the benefit of those people living in your four walls. It stretches out and people are watching. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is thoughtful. She has a business mindset. She learns. She does not just settle when it comes to money. She sets about her work vigorously, and her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable. This is hard for me. Because last night I was, bring it down. Last night I was practicing this, and I'm reading that, and I said, dang, yeah. You have to stop yourself and say, are the things I'm doing valuable? And is what I'm putting my time and energy into at the sacrifice of my family worth it? I had to do that this year. I had to take a step back from my business and say, is the money I'm bringing in worth what I am giving up? And it wasn't. And that's really hard. But when he tells you that you have to do this, is your trading profitable, my dear? Are you making the most of this life I have given you? If it's not, you need to move on. Because I have something over here for you. Ugg boots. Ugg boots. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Okay. (laughs) All right. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. It's real hard to help the poor when you're poor. And I know we've all heard that, but it's true. And when you get to a place in your finances where you feel comfortable and you're like, we're good. You get to give more and it's fun. It's not stressful writing that tithing check. It's not stressful giving the homeless person five bucks because it doesn't matter if it's going to good or not. Your heart's in the right place. You do a lot more good when you are in a good position. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple and Ugg boots. Man. (laughs) I'm so bitter if you can't tell. Her husband is respected at the city gate when it comes to money. Because he's got a woman back home doing all the things to make sure he's up here. Where he takes the seat among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She is not stressed if that next paycheck doesn't make it because she's got a plan. Those are the days to come, by the way, the hard days. That's what they're talking about here. The really hard days that are surely to come at some point in your life. Relationships lost, jobs lost. They're sure to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household when it comes to money and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. 
her husband also, and he praises her. Man, isn't that a good picture? Isn't that what we all want from the people we care about most? Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive, beauty fleeting, but a woman, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all that her hands have done when it comes to money. And let her works bring her praise at the city gate. So I just hope that that touches you. Keep that because when you're having a tough season, you're like, I need something. And this will always be here for you to come back to. If you're having trouble making a decision, what lines up with this? Okay, what lines up with this? And it gets easier. I'm going to talk about one thing, and I'm going to try to go fast because we're going to try to do a Q&A at the end, and I want to make sure we have lots of time for that. Um, but we're going to head back to Genesis 41. So if you're not familiar with the story of Pharaoh and Joseph, I want you to write down Genesis 41 because that's your homework. You need to go read that. So in Genesis 41, we are reading this story about how Pharaoh is having these crazy dreams, and he says, I don't know what these mean. Nobody in the kingdom can interpret that, interpret them. And so somebody says, I remember Joseph. Joseph is in jail. He's in your prison, and he is a dream interpreter. He interpreted mine. So they bring Joseph up, and he says, okay, what are your dreams? And Pharaoh says, well, I had two dreams. I had one dream about some really fat cows, some really pretty fat cows, and then seven really ugly, skinny cows, and they ate the fat cows, and they were still skinny. I wish we could be like that, right? <laughs> eat, some, eat all the good food and be skinny. And then the next stream is that there's seven healthy stalks of grain, and then there's seven really, like, weathered, eroded stalks of grain. They're just yuck. And Joseph says, you're going to have seven really solid years of production. You need to put away during those years. Your entire community needs to rally around and put food aside because those years, they're going to be prosperous. They're going to be good. And then the next seven years, it'll be real bad. Those are the days to come that they talk about. And they're going to use up everything that you put away in those seven good years. And Pharaoh says, well, why did I have the dream twice? And he says, because the matter has been firmly decided by God. God firmly decided it, so he gave you two dreams about it. When God firmly decides something, you listen. If 2020 has taught me anything, it's that it's good to be prepared <laughs> for anything. Because you don't know what's coming. You really don't know what's coming. But God does. Because he's got that provision right here for you that's going to help you get up here. I realize that when you're having really good seasons in your life, a really good seven years, you don't want to put away. You're like, Ash, I want to go buy my up boots. I want to go have fun. I want to buy a new car. We deserve it. We work hard. We don't want to put money in savings. That's no fun. But he has called you to do that. And when you walk in obedience, the peace that you feel, oh, it surpasses everything. And I'm here to tell you, because I'm a changed Dallas girl who doesn't need clothes to be happy. So, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Pastor Mark talked a couple weeks ago about finances. 
and he did a good job and he covered so many things that I just love and have helped us. But I didn't want to let the entire night go by without saying a little something about tithing because it is important, you guys. I have seen it in our life. When we started tithing, it was like everything changed. Our marriage, it's like we were on the same page. I don't think I was ever a consistent tither on my own, but I knew there was value in it. I didn't understand how much value, though. And when we first got married, we started taking a Dave Ramsey class in October. We got married in August, started our class in October, and we finished in December. And so when my husband gets in his head, he's going to do something. He does it really well. And he goes like full force. So when we start paying off debt, we can't, we can't tithe. We don't have extra money. I'm like, yeah, we do. And we'll probably have more money if you just loosen up there, dearie. <laughs> but the truth of it is, we had to meet. We had to get on that page together. I was not about to sit there and harp on him all the time. So I got down on my knees and I prayed. And the way that God has used our finances, because we didn't get married when we were 22. I think I was 28 when we got married. So we had single time where you get cozy and how you do things and you manage your money by yourself. So we had single time to do things our own way. And then we came into this marriage and it's like, all right, now we got to, now we got to get here. And I was already on a debt paying train because I was stupid. I put Starbucks on a gift, on a credit card when I got up here. Starbucks. How dumb was I? (laughs) Dumb, really dumb. I see that now. At the time I thought I was going to be a hotshot little sales girl at Lexus. So it was going to be fine. Well, I lasted two months and I'm like, send me back to teaching. (laughs) But the tithing to come back to that. When you start tithing and you do it together and your household is in on it and sees the value, and it's not one part of the couple, it is so good. And it unlocks blessings that you will not get otherwise. We're doing the fast right now. And there's a verse in Mark that talks about a seed that's planted. And if it's planted in the right soil and in the right place, it grows 30-fold, 60-fold, a hundredfold. I want God's hundredfold blessing. Don't you? And that comes from doing all the things he tells you to do in here. All right. I want to show you guys a couple scriptures with tithing. In Proverbs 3, 9, it says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, that your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. I like that. I like having a full storehouse and lots of wine. I can live in that place. (laughs) Then we go to Leviticus. And in Leviticus 27.30, it says, A tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain or fruit, is the Lord's and is holy. These are not suggestions that were just put out in the church a while back. And they're like, yeah, we'll keep these. This sounds good. This is telling you, be obedient to me. It's kind of like the fast, you see, because it's like, I'm not going to hold so tightly to this little bit of money and make it more important than you. That's what you're telling him. Whether it be with food or with money, you're saying, I can take a step back and give this to you. And can I tell you something? If you're feeling a little overwhelmed right now, 
It's not your money anyways. It's his. That money in your checking account and in your wallet, that money that's coming in a paycheck next week, it's not yours. It's his. And you just get to manage it. And what a weight off. If all you have to do is manage. You see, if you're in charge of an entire big company, that's a big weight on your shoulders. That's a lot to carry. But if you're the manager and you're not thinking about if this employee is taking home their paycheck next week and what's going to come next quarter and what if this product isn't ready to ship. If you're not worried about all those things, you're just managing things, you're a lot more efficient. I know because I've been both. (laughs) I've run the business and I've helped just manage. And you're a lot more efficient when you don't have the stress on your shoulders. So take that stress And just let it wash away because you're just managing God's money. And I'm here to tell you from what I've seen in my own life, if you're faithful in the way he's called you to manage it, he'll give you more. Because he says, man, I could trust you over here with a little bit. So I'm going to give you a little bit more, baby girl. And then I'm going to give you a little bit more. And I joke earlier about being a changed Dallas girl, but... It's true. I really, truly love giving. And it's become such a fun thing for us to do. And it's fun to really think about how you want to give and who you want to give and to teach your children that so that they too can become generous givers. Because that's what we're called to do. Instruct your child in a way they will go. My husband wanted me to tell you a couple things. Number one, read the prayer of Jabez. I say Jabez because I'm from Texas. I think Pastor Mark said Jabez. Probably way more accurate. But read the prayer of Jabez. Write that down. It is good and it will change your life. Mark and Amy Shield were the ones who told us about it. And it changed everything. We read that in February right before we had Brooke. And it changed our lives. It changed the trajectory of my husband's business. I 100% believe that. The next thing he thought I should tell you guys... Um, I came up with the beginning topic and then he added to it, um, is about the spiritual warfare that you're about to face. If you take this on and you say, I'm walking in this, I'm walking in obedience. I'm paying off my debt. I'm getting all this stuff right. And I know that you're going to face that because I did. I replaced all the appliances. I had no money with the newborn. I got out of debt and then we had a car, a truck that was so bad We had to get rid of it to get another one. And so we had to get a small loan out on that. And I'm like, dang, we made it. We had paid off all our debt, but we needed a truck to be able to run our business. And that's how we make money. So I've been there. The devil's watching. And see, if you're not really living by these principles, you're not a threat. But the second you decide to whip around and follow all of this, you become a threat to him. And so he's ready and waiting for a flat tire, for car problems, for your stovetop to break, all the things. And I've seen it. We've taught two Dave Ramsey classes and I've seen it. The people who get it and they get fired up and they get going, there's always something. And I just know, I'm like, this is their test. And I'm happy to say most of the time they stick with it and power through in prayer. When we took Dave Ramsey, this is a story my husband would like me to share. (laughs) When we took Dave Ramsey, we were newlyweds. So we all lovey-dovey. We were cute newlyweds. 
and we're sitting there taking our sweet Dave Ramsey class, getting all our finances in order. But what we didn't realize is that our Dave Ramsey class ended the first Christmas we were going to have together as a married couple. That's fun. (laughs) So we're sitting there, and I'm a huge gift giver. I love to give gifts. It's my thing. I was all excited because his side of the family had kids. I'm like, oh, man, these kids are, it's going to be fun. We don't really fight a whole lot. We've got a great marriage. I love my husband. But we got into it one night. I still remember sitting at our bar in our cute little condo, and all the words came flying. Grinch, Scrooge, all the bad Christmas words came flying out of my mouth because that's what he was in my eyes. I want to have fun. I want to do this. See, the devil will attack finances in your marriage, and you know that. Because almost everybody in here can tell me that 50% of marriages fail because of money fights. What? Get yourself together with your money. Get it together. Because I know you want a good, long marriage that's going to last. And you want a legacy of a solid marriage and solid finances to pass on to your children. I do. So something else I want to share. Um, I hear all the time, Ash, I'm just no good with money. That's not my thing. I'm not organized like you. I can't do it. That's not true. You see, the truth is, God's truth is, you just haven't been taught the weight of what you hold in your hands. If you're a mama in here, you know when they put that baby in your arms, there's nothing like it. You feel just like this love immediately, and you're like, oh my gosh, they're going to let me take this kid home from the hospital, and I know what I'm doing, but I don't know what I'm doing. And you feel the weight of that responsibility because you feel you love this little being so much. And if you haven't had kids, I know you have kids in your life and people in your life that you're thinking about. And I'm not saying we need to love money, but you simply aren't giving your finances enough attention because you haven't been taught the weight of how important this is. You see, one thing I've always told couples as they take Dave Ramsey financial peace is it's so important to be on the same page with your finances because it is kind of the root of everything else. Do we sign little Cooper up for T-ball? Do we do family pictures this year? Cause that costs money. Do we take a family vacation? Do we buy a new truck? Do you switch jobs? Do you? It all comes back to money. And when you line up your faith and your biblical principles with your finances, it's a beautiful place to live because it all just works. And your marriage gets stronger. Now, I've given you a lot, a lot of biblical info. I want to give you just a couple real-life things that you can apply, and then we'll do some Q&As. So maybe three things that you could start implementing next week, tonight, whatever, to get you on the right page. So the first thing is do a budget. And not just any budget. Do a zero-based budget. So if you have a paycheck come in, and it's $1,000... Okay, we'll use a nice round number. You say, rent is $300. 
cool, I only have 700 left. Wouldn't that be nice? Hashtag nowhere in NoCo, okay? <laughs> I can't. Okay, so you have 700 left. How much are we going to spend on groceries this month? These two weeks, whatever it is, 200 bucks. Okay, now I have $500 left. What am I going to do with it? Well, I need 100 bucks for gas, so I have $400 left. I probably am going to need to pay my electric bill and my water bill. Let's say all my utilities are 200 bucks. Cool. 300 left. Am I on the right math? And you keep stepping down until you get to zero and you have nothing because you have given every dollar a name. You have told every dollar where it's going and you feel confident in the choices that you have made. You are not looking at your checking account saying, do I have enough money today? You are saying, here's my money, and this is where it's going to go. Because I'm not going to build a tower that I can't finish. So do a budget. The second thing is meal plan. I love meal planning. I know not everybody loves meal planning. But do a meal plan. If you are going to the... The other day, we're doing the fast, and I had to go to the grocery last minute because I'm out of vegetable broth, and my husband decided he likes veggie soup. Okay. So I got to go to the grocery. I walk out of there $45 later, and I'm like, $45? This was not even like my two-week grocery shopping trip. It gets so expensive if you go and you go and you go. Plus, who wants to do that all the time? The stores are no fun right now. Get in once every two weeks. Your produce will last. I like to be healthy. Your produce will make it, and get out of there. You can pop in and grab a bag of salad next week if you need it. Meal plan. You don't have to have spaghetti on this night and tacos on this night. You can simply say, these are the meals I'm going to get. These are the groceries I'm going to buy. And over the next two weeks, it's going to work out. And we're going to order pizza next Friday. On our budget. (laughs) All right. And the last thing is intertwine your faith and your finances. Pray daily. Do the Jabez prayer. Tithe. Take 90 days. And do all of those things. And if it changes nothing, call me. But I don't think I'm going to get any phone calls. 90 days. Do it. Do all those things. Pray. Read that prayer. Go get the little book. It's like this small. If I can read it, you can read it. Go get it. Read it. Pray. Pray with your spouse over your finances. I, on the back of your sheet, I put a bunch of scripture. I had a lot of little tabs. I didn't use them all. But I put it on there for you because I think you need scripture to stand on because you know that spiritual warfare is coming. It always comes when breakthrough is about to happen. Always. So we must start listening to the whispers that we hear from above. It is not a time. God keeps telling me this. It's not a time to procrastinate anymore. We need to hear things. And we need to act swift and we need to be bold about it. We are not going to walk into this year or this next season just lazily, half asleep, down. We're going in with a boldness that we know the Father of heaven has a provision here for us. And we're going to grab it so that we can go and do more for his people while we're here. So if you've had something on your heart that God has been telling you to do with your money, 
write it down on your paper before we start the Q&A. Okay, um, I don't know if I'm going to be a lot of help, but I'm happy to answer any questions you guys may have. And if not, we can all chat with each other and drink more coffee. So, does anybody have questions? We have a mic here for you so everyone can hear. And don't be scared. Nobody's here to judge. And remember, I've been there. I've been in tens of thousands of dollars of debt and gotten out of it. It's a lot sweeter on the other side. It's a lot of work, too, but it's good. I have a question. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, so we're largely debt-free, but we have a mortgage. Uh-huh. Um, we have a, you don't have a car payment. But, um, so we don't have a lot of debt, but do you consider yeah. a mortgage debt? I consider it debt. I consider it debt. Um, in today's world, to function and financially grow your money well, I think it's an acceptable debt in today's society. Obviously, it's not ideal. Like we, um, one of the reasons that we're stuck in limbo, to be perfectly honest with you guys, is because we lived in town and we're ready to have land. And so we sold our home that we were comfortably going to pay off by the time I was 40. What? Like, that's awesome. And now that's why we're having trouble because I'm not willing to sacrifice on where we were going to be You know, so I think within reason, what um, Dave Ramsey's principles are and what I usually think is good in somebody's budget is if your mortgage is less than a quarter of your take-home pay and you could do that quarter on a 15-year fixed rate. Does that make sense? So um, 15-year is way better than 30-year. You're going to pay a lot less in interest. So you're going to have more money at the end to go do other things with and be smarter with. So take your mortgage. And if you're in a 30-year, you either start paying as if it's a 15-year or refinance. Because right now, rates are so low. And if you can get two companies to go head-to-head. I just talked to a girlfriend today, actually. They had two companies going head-to-head for their refinance. They got 2.2 and no fees. So I would say just look at your numbers in your budget and see what your take-home pay is. Keep it a quarter less, and yeah. Anybody? All right. Does anybody else in here farm? Because I like we've done the Dave Ramsey thing, but you can't. We don't know what the crops we're gonna make. You don't know. I know. Yep. We have been self-employed. So are you talking more on like a staying out of debt stance or doing a budget? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yes. I know. It's overwhelming. I know. And my husband grew up in an ag community very ranchy, very farming. And so what I feel like 
is the wisest. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, is make sure all your personal debt is taken care of first. Okay, get all that done. And then next, you are working towards being in a better place than all the other farmers and ranchers around you. Okay, so work so hard that you have extra to pay off on those debts, even if it's not happening tomorrow. You know what your goal is. And as far as not knowing what's coming in, that's okay. We have done budgets like that for years because we've both been self-employed. I never knew how much I was going to sell with the boutique. My husband never knows how many inspections he's going to have. But what's cool is, how long have you guys been doing this? A long time. That's good. That's good. Because your parents probably, I, my parents are entrepreneurs, and they have told me, September through November of an election year, you're going to slow down. Sales are just going to slow down. People don't, don't like unpredictable times. It's just something you plan for. Every January, my husband's home a lot. So we go through waves where he's busy a lot and then home a lot. And we've just adjusted because now we know there's not as much money coming in in January, right? And so you put away during the times of good to be able to cover your personal budget. And then when you have those times of extra and you have your emergency fund ready to go, you know Dave Ramsey, then you start paying on that like farm debt and get it paid down. And I know it sounds hard and it sounds impossible and not how the industry goes because I know you're buying this to get tax write-offs and doing, but what if you just had all that extra money in your hands and the tax write-offs are great, but I'd rather have an extra 50K at the end of the year, you know? Let me ask you this. Yeah. So like this year with COVID. Yep. So the SBA is offered, you know, like a PPE loan. Yes. And stuff like that. You can pay your debt off with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to get anybody in trouble up here with my personal views, but I personally would not take a federal loan because I feel like there's red tape and there could be things down the road that they would ask you to do, you know, or put certain stipulations on it that you don't realize are there. I'm not here to take... I don't know. I'm just, we have um, some friends who took some of those PPP loans because they're small business owners. I don't feel comfortable. That's just me. We have personally made the decision not to do that and just to build our own emergency fund and pay down our debt. I know a lot of people who are teachers are teaching in lower income school districts to do the debt forgiveness. In my eyes, I would rather take care of my debt and that's, that's the debt, the chains that I put on myself, right? Or that your family has taken on. So you just got to work through and do it. It's not the government's job because you're going to end up paying for that. We're all going to end up paying for that, you know? So I guess that's where I personally stand on that is I just, I would not do those. Now, if you wanted to go get like a consolidated private loan from a bank. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Or they have it through the SBA. Okay. And and those you have to Right, right. If it would save you guys a lot of money and you could get further ahead, it's no different than refinancing your house. Then. 
You know what I mean? So think about it as a mortgage. And I tell you what, once you start paying down on that, man, how sweet would life be as a farmer if you had no debt? I know. Yeah. Or you take what you need. And if you want any help, I was going to tell anybody this. If you want help, um, I'm happy to send out my budgeting resources of like what I actually use. It was just a lot to print off for everybody tonight. But if you want help learning how to do a budget, because what we do, um, my husband's business is a little different because he doesn't have a lot of expenses. You're probably more like I was with the boutique where I, I was heavy on expenses because I had to buy all my inventory. You got to buy all your equipment. You got to buy the seeds. So I did a budget with my business before I would go spend the money so I could run it debt free. So if you got yourself in a position where you were accruing no more debt and simply when you had a $6,000 month, you're saying, here's what, because this is what we do. This is what I need this month. And the rest gets to go to savings, pay off debt, whatever. And that would, I think you'd get ahead. Does that help? Okay. Well, hopefully that helps a little bit. Okay. That's awesome. Very similar to what Jeffrey's saying. That first goal of business is helping farmers and ranchers free themselves from um, basically the last 50 years, farming and ranching has become not a profitable business just because we're trying to run it um, like a business. Uh, and it doesn't follow the world's model. Mm -hmm. It really has a great way of living in there. But, so I think That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, cool. Anything else? So, have a wonderful husband at home. And I love dearly. My sister's just that. And I often feel naggy when it comes to the budget or yeah. the Mm -hmm. University before it's been yeah. several years, and we definitely need to get back on it. But any suggestions on that initiating that conversation? I guess to start. Yes, because when I when I was living here single, I had found Dave Ramsey somehow. I didn't even take a class. I don't even think I finished a book. But I was like, I can throw money in envelopes and do this. So I started doing it single, paying off my Starbucks, and. <laughs> So when we got married, I, I said, I really want to do this. Like, I really want to do this. And it was a fight. And I cried. A newlywed cry that makes your husband change his mind. <laughs> but he was not comfortable using cash. He liked using his card and balancing his checkbook like they did in 1985. And just... <laughs> and so... It was, it was a fight. It's not always pretty. And I'm here to tell you, it's not always pretty. It's a lot prettier now than it used to be. But 
you have to come to them with compassion and an understanding of where they came from. Because taking a step back and looking at why my husband was hesitant over the years to maybe not trust me 100% with money wasn't me. It was what he had experienced growing up in his family. And anything at my gift giving all came from my family and my, we'll figure it out, we'll just make more money. That came from my family. And so you have to take a look at your husband and say, just, you're good at this, girl. You can psychoanalyze all of us. (laughs) Take, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I know, I know. So don't call him out on it. Use it to soften your heart, you know. <laughs> yeah, just think them. It works a lot better. But, but really, taking a step back and understanding where they've come from and why they are the way they are or why they don't like to talk about that. Maybe the dad had nothing to do with money growing up, so they don't think dad should have anything to do with money. You know, or maybe one of their parents handled money very poorly and the other one was always fighting them and they don't want those fights with you. There's a, there's a reason why they are the way they are because there's a reason why we are the way we are. And realizing that before you get married, that's a, a lot easier than coming into the marriage and figuring that out. But I would just sit down and talk to him and just, babe, I love you. And I know you care about me. And this is something I need. And just lay it out there as like, this is something I need from you. Because my heart is wanting to go somewhere. And I want us to be on the train together. Because I don't want to nag you. Get on the train, girl. But I I remember, we had a talk very similar to that. Tommy was working for an animal health company in Greeley. And he had moved from working in an outdoor position to a corporate office because we're like, yeah, climb the corporate ladder. That's where you make the money. That ain't where you make the money. That's where you like the train starts chug, chug, chugging. You go nowhere. But so he had switched jobs because I sat down with him one night. We had a new baby. And I'm like, you gotta figure this out. I'm tired. I'm tired of you coming home, like, annoyed and in a grouchy mood. I know you don't like to be inside all day. Figure it out. I love you, and I don't want us to stay here. I don't want to be here in a year. And that's what I said to him. I'm like, I love you enough to call you out. And he's done it to me, too, over the years. But as a wife, as we look at this Proverbs 31, and as we think about Adam and Eve, like, it's our job to be the helper And we have a lot on our shoulders, but so do they. They really do. Because even if you don't see them walking out what you think they should be as a financial leader, they feel that weight in here. Maybe they just don't know how to lead. Because it's like I told you guys, maybe they've never been taught how to lead. Maybe they've been taught that credit cards are okay and student loans are okay. And just getting by is okay. But it's like I told my husband as we're looking at houses, I said, I'm not going to let us settle because I don't settle. So we are not settling. And that's not me leading or taking over. That's me gently holding us to a higher standard and saying, I want us to be at the same. I want us to be equally yoked where we're at in our faith 
and in our finances and in how we raise our kids. So please come do this with me. And I, I promise, just get on your knees and pray too because God can change your husband a lot more than you can. And he will. He will. <laughs> All right. Anything else? I know we might. Oh, yeah, yeah. Woo! Love that. Love that. Okay. So when you're in that season of life, girl, you have a beautiful blank canvas. Don't screw it up, okay? <laughs> but... <laughs> There's, um, there's a guy I follow on Instagram, and I know you're on there. He, uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. He's on Dave Ramsey's team. He's really cool. Um, huh? Thank you. Anthony O'Neill. He has a new book out called Debt-Free Degree. Get it. Read it. Take it in. I don't care what you have to do. I know that society has turned college into this fun party thing. And you're going to go and you're going to discover yourself. You're there to get an education so that you can have a better job is really why you're there. So if you have to work multiple jobs, do it. Do it. My husband could have, he, that boy, he got so many scholarships. He got so many scholarships. He could have worked a little bit more and had college completely paid for with scholarships and a little bit of grease on his elbows. And he did work. But he didn't have very many student loans, but he could have had none. And I'm going to tell you, you don't want to be my age with two little kids paying off pizza from 2 a.m. <laughs> not worth it. And your classes. But it's not, you just really need to make sure that when you go into school, you've done as many AP credits as you can, tested out of things to save you on classes. Make sure that you have a game plan for what you want to do. Even if you switch majors, have an idea of what my top three majors are. So if I switch things around, my credits are going to transfer. And that's where you land your first year if you're unsure of what you want to do. Make a plan for how to cram the most into the shortest amount of time in college and how to do it debt-free. Um, and as far as... Are we time? Is that Okay. As far as um, building credit... If it were my child, I would say no credit cards in college because you need to get out and experience the adult world and put yourself on that budget each month, even if it's small, right? Like 800 bucks to cover. Like, I, I wish my parents would have been tougher on me at that age so I wasn't calling mom and dad saying, hey, I overdrafted again. I need some gas money. I'll be honest. I was that girl, and I wish I wouldn't have been. Because I would have been smart from day one, and I'd be a lot further along now than we are. We would have had that paid-for house now. So just remember, before you make a purchase and before you go to spend money at your stage of life, remember, think long game. What do I want long game? What do I want when I'm married? What do I want after college? I want to be able to go get a cool apartment right? Or I don't want to be driving a total junker car for four years because I'm so deep in student loan debt and I can't go buy a new car. So just think long game, stay out of debt, 
and then maybe after college get a credit card. And like what I did when I ran the boutique, I put all my boutique purchases on my credit card. And every two weeks when I did my business and my personal budget, I paid it off. So it kept my credit score up here. But I knew I only had X amount, a thousand bucks to go spend on inventory. So I had already put the limitations on myself. And if you do four years of budgeting for yourself and your own grocery shopping and your own bills with your roommates and all that stuff, you'll have the foundation. Does that help? Okay. Yeah. He has a lot of YouTube videos too. My nephew is your age. He watched a lot of Dave Ramsey YouTube videos for like students in your stage. Awesome. You're going to love it. Dig into it and learn because that needs to be taught. We were not taught that in high school. It, they, all that stuff from school, it's gone. No more home ec, no more financial responsibility, no more things that make you smart that you actually need, right? Who needs calculus? You'll remember that. Yes. That's good. That's so good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do your homework. I know we're getting close on time. Do we need to wrap up? Okay. Let me pray over for your finances real quick. um, Because I know I don't want to keep security guys here late. Um, I hope this helped you guys. So, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Okay, all right, guys. Lord, we just thank you so much for an awesome night with amazing women. Father, we just thank you so much for the provision that you have for us. God, we pray for hearts that want more and hearts that understand what you have for us. God, we are settling no longer. We want all the gifts of heaven. We want your blessing to come down upon of us. Father, I pray over each and every one of these households. I pray that as these wives and ladies go home, I pray for the conversations they're going to have. I pray for open hearts for their husbands. I pray for listening ears. God, I pray that you are changing those men even right now, Father. God, I pray for those single ladies. God, I pray that they get habits so in place that you set them up in a wonderful place for their future marriage. God, we thank you so much for your goodness and mercy, and we ask you just to be with us as we go into this weekend. Amen. Thank you, guys.